As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. everybody welcome back to another episode of the beats we're gonna do some michigan state football today of course nick baumgartner here along with the great colton pouncey on election day colton and i have voted i hope you all at home have as well colton how are we doing good now uh we'll see about <laughs> later on i don't know <laughs> but for now for right now at one o'clock on uh, tuesday november 3rd we're doing okay check back for future transmissions later we're still standing <laughs> after this is all over with yeah but in any event we do have some um some for Michigan State fans, anyway. Some good stuff to uh, talk about today. As Michigan State, Colton pulls the shocker, uh, the crazy turnaround of turnarounds. I, I don't know how else to say it. Like I was thinking about it after the game, and it was like, I just don't know if you'll see a, a crazier. And maybe it's partially due to this year. Maybe it's not. But like a crazier week one to week two flip. I just in college football, I just don't know if you can see a bigger one than what we saw. From Mel Tucker and, and the uh, and the gang there on on Saturday, it was crazy. I mean, it was everything that we saw two weeks ago that they struggled with was smoother. You know, all the problem areas, not all of them, but a lot of them were better. And it was just a testament to a hell of a job by a lot of people who put a lot of time into that. Yeah, not just you know, I mean, a lot, a lot of coaches talk about week one, week two improvement, and I mean, it's certainly a thing, but it's kind of a cliche at this point. But going beyond that, has there been a better? transition from game one to game two for a coach in his first year at a new program. Oh, yeah. I Tough mean, to say. a yeah. loss to Rutgers and a pro- for a team that's been able to to handle Rutgers without too many issues over the years, Yeah, you lose that game and you come back, you're playing the number 13 team in the country, your arch rival, like to get up the way that Michigan State got up for that game, the preparation they put in, the, the adjustments, the changes, the improvement, like I can't remember seeing anything like that from week one to week two, let alone, you know, a, a new coach in year one doing that in game one and game two. I was trying to think back to all the years that Michigan State has surprised in this game, and there's been several. Um, you know, 2017 was one that, that came out. You know, a lot of folks thought Michigan would handle that one, and Michigan State won it. Um, I think even in some of the early years of uh, the Hoke 
years. There were a couple games in there where people probably shouldn't have been surprised, but were. Uh, and in all those weeks, I can remember thinking back, like, you know, before the game let up, it was like I would have these moments where I'd be like, you know, this might not be six, 2016, another one people thought Michigan was going to blow them out, and they didn't. And there'd be these moments during those weeks where I'd think to myself, like, yeah, this is probably going to be closer than people realize, right, or think. I, I did not have that last week. No. I don't know about you. No. That's what I'm going to ask you here. You talked to the players last week and listened to those guys, and we listened to them after the Rutgers game. And, you know, I think looking back, we you could say, you know, Rocky Lombardi and um, Xavier Henderson and some of those guys were really calm and just kind of where they needed to be. But you still just kind of th- I don't know. For me, I never got there last week to where I thought it was even conceivable, even on Michigan's worst day, that they weren't going to have enough. And, you know, obviously that was foolish of all of us. But, I mean, for you, did you – get to any point last week where you thought maybe this was possible or maybe they would at least make it a fight and then see what happens. Here's the thing. Um, I think going into the season, and, and I think we've probably talked about this on past podcasts, yeah. but like we knew this was going to be a strange season just based on how other conferences were playing out. There were a lot of upsets that weren't expected, weird things happening, like some teams probably winning some games that they probably shouldn't. Right. Um, so I think going into the season, we had kind of talked about – what's that Michigan game going to look like? Is there a chance that Michigan State could win that? And we're like, well, yeah. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. Not just because it's these two teams, but also just the landscape of college football in 2020. And so I think after that Rutgers game, though, that sort of kind of changed all expectations. Um, we all, I'm, we're we all guilty of week one overreactions. Like, that's all yeah, we have to yeah. go off of at times, especially in a season like this. So when you see a team like Michigan State that didn't have – you know, all the things that you need going into a season um, with a brand new coach. And then you lose that week one against Rutgers. It's like, okay, maybe, maybe this team isn't where we even thought they Mm -hmm. were. Maybe this is going to be a slower process than we initially thought. So I think like all things considered, it, it was fair to pick Michigan um, to win that game. I mean, um, just looking at where the two teams were, but again, like, I think that Rutgers game sort of changed all of our expectations to where, okay, maybe Michigan State had a chance. So then after that game, it was like, oh, no, Michigan is winning this one pretty easily. That's what yeah. we all thought. And, I mean, credit to them. Credit to Mel Tucker for getting those guys ready to play. Um, I don't know if you saw – the team was posting some videos of you know, the <laughs> pregame speech and things like that yeah. yesterday from, from that weekend. They're really, like, trying to hype this up as much as possible sure. and everything. And I don't blame them. I mean, that was a great win. Um, the, the player said that the coaches did a good job preparing them. You know, Drew Beasley was saying that that was the most intense week of Michigan practice that he's ever had at Michigan State, and this is his fifth year in the program. Um, mm-hmm. So they kind of predicted this in a lot of ways, and and they came out and they, they backed it up. So, I mean, credit to them for doing it. I think when you have a staff that can present a plan the way that uh, Mel Tucker and Scotty Hazleton and Jay Johnson really, but defensively, when you have a staff that can present a plan that's, if you just do what is being you know put in front of you, it takes away all the other stuff. And that's what we saw defensively where they just ignored all of the, you know, I, I wrote this morning that maybe, you know, called them red herrings. You know, Michigan does a lot of stuff with its offense that is designed to get you off kilter, is designed to get you thinking about something that's not going to happen. Um, there's two sides to every play. You got to cover the backside and the front side. But really at the end, of the, there's a lot to process, I guess is my point. But when you can simplify it all the way down to do, read your key and nothing else and just do your job to, to get... 11 guys and, you know, maybe 15 or 16 or whatever, how many guys rotated in to go from week one where we saw guys like Noah Harvey missing, missing fits and getting out of, you know, getting out of his gaps. And, you know, we talked to Henderson about, you know, they struggled to leverage the ball properly to flip it around. And when I watched back and I watched every snap Michigan State's defense had against Michigan's offense in slow motion, and I saw guys 
knowing exactly what they were seeing from Michigan every single time. They were not fooled by any of the motion stuff. They were not fooled by any of the action backside. They just weren't. It became something where Antoine Simmons and Noah Harvey led the charge on this, but they peeled everything back and just got... It reminded me of a D'Antonio game in a lot of ways, but, I mean, they defended it differently than D'Antonio probably would have, uh, but the focus was just... It was crazy to think about, but then when you thought about it after the game, you said to yourself, like, at least I did, well, okay, Simmons has done this before. He's played on teams with really good, you know, really good players. Um, Jacob Panishuk's done that before. Um, you know, Henderson in the back end's done that before. Some of these guys have done this before. So on, def- on defense, you do have some guys that if you give them something they can work with, you can get them believing and maybe it'll work out for you. And that's, I mean, that's what it seemed like to me. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. That was the most impressive part of that game to me, just like the, the defensive turnaround. Um, yeah. And obviously we figured that they were going to kind of need some time to get it going, to figure out where they need to be on a specific play, what they're seeing in this new scheme that they're playing. Um, but to see that happen from in week two, the, the way it yeah. happened, I mean, you kind of highlighted it in your film piece, but Noah Harvey and Antoine Simmons just dissecting everything. Again, they yeah. weren't thrown off by anything that Michigan State was do- that Michigan was doing to them offensively, which is really impressive considering the effort that Michigan had against Minnesota. Um, yeah, yeah. So it, it really seemed like they were prepared for that game. I know you kind of mentioned this to me a few days ago that do you think Michigan State maybe uh, prepared a little bit more for this one, like dating back yeah. to before the Rutgers <laughs> dating game? Back to the, dating back to the summer? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Like Because I go back and forth on that. I bet they probably did. I bet they spent more time in the offseason as coaches, you know, like watching and trying to figure out what they wanted to do. And maybe mm-hmm. maybe they time crunched it and got it in in a week because the plan really wasn't overly complicated. It was really to simplify a lot because Michigan's Michigan can give you a lot of stuff to worry about and it can be a real bear if you're not on your P's and Q's. But really, I mean, and, you know, they can brag about it if they want and they really haven't as coaches. They've sort of put it on their players, mm-hmm. which is what you want to do. But that's also the right thing to do because, I mean, you know, the plan is pretty basic, but if if you're not following your keys and you're getting out of gaps and you're not doing your job, then that's it. I mean, they just never missed ta- – they didn't miss tackles. Nope. Uh, they had situations where Michigan – maybe it looked like they got them in a spot where they could they could edge them and, and there was always somebody there. Uh, they mixed zone coverages pretty well. They made Joe Milton, you know, look at stuff that he wasn't comfortable with, and they didn't miss tackles. And it was a pretty vintage Michigan State performance defensively that we've been used to seeing over the years – with a little bit of a different feel in that, you know, Mel Tucker's going to play more cover three, more of the match stuff. And it really gives you, I think, um, a lot more optimism moving forward about what this team can do defensively. I don't know if the offense can replicate, and we can talk about that in a minute, but I don't know if the offense can replicate all that every week. But I, I am convinced more now today 
that Michigan State can keep itself in games because if they play disciplined football the way he wants them to, they'll bother people enough to be in games, you know, for the most part the rest of the way. Yeah, and, and one thing I thought was really impressive was maybe something that we've probably sort of seen coming based on everything that happened last week, not just, you know, going from seven turnovers to zero or all this stuff, but we kind of wanted to see, okay, how do you bounce back after a loss yeah. like that? Um, and all week they were showing videos and their, you know, clips of Mel Tucker saying, how do you respond, things like that, to his players. And yeah. um, a lot of that stuff, you know, you can say all that, but if you don't back it up on the field, it's sort of meaningless, at least for us in the grand scheme of things and how right. we evaluate yeah. the teams. But for them to come out, I mean, in that clip that they kind of showed yesterday on Twitter, um, Daquan Jones is sitting on the bench and I think like the second quarter saying like, yeah, give us like an hour and a half and we're we'll, bringing that trophy home. Like, just wait. Yeah. Like, we'll be in the locker yeah. room with that, that trophy an hour and a half. That's the sort of level of confidence that this team had behind the scenes. And we didn't see it unfold until Saturday, until that game played out. But that's the way that they were approaching that game all week. And if they keep that up and they – I mean, Rocky Lombardi was talking about it. If we have that same mindset, that same attitude that we're not going to lose, that, you know, we can do – that we can compete with teams instead of, oh, we're in a rebuild, you know, it's going to take some time. Yeah. That's not how they think. So if they can keep that going, looking at the schedule, I mean, Iowa – they're 0-2 right now. They're not the team that we thought that they would be going through the season. So instead of a 1-2 and two start with your one win being Rutgers and two losses to Michigan and Iowa, they could come away 2-1 and one now with the two wins against Iowa and Michigan. So it's completely yeah. different, you know, level of expectations that they, they set forth for themselves. And it's another scenario, I think, too, you know, where you have a program with a lot of guys who, you know, aren't far removed from a time when, you know, Michigan State's had success in this rivalry the last two years prior to this one. They hadn't, but, you know, 17 was the last win, and uh, that's not that long ago. There are guys on this team that were there for that, um, whether in the stands as recruits or maybe even on the field uh, or at least on the sidelines. So, you know, I think that, like you said, Colton, Michigan State has an ability to understand that it's not out of the realm of possibility that a confident Michigan team is going to look right through them and just look right past them. And, you know, they... <laughs> they put more into it in terms of emotion. They put more into it in terms of self-discipline, in terms of preparation. They put more into it in terms of planning. They put more into it in terms of starting fast and starting with focus. They came out. I wrote it on Saturday. They came out. They punched. Michigan flinched. That was it. We've seen this game a thousand times. Not a thousand times. But we've seen it many times if you've lived in this state over the years. Michigan State, if they can come out and throw the first hit, and really, and really smack somebody in this game, you know, if, if you see Michigan flinch, then you probably have them exactly where you want them. And that's that's what it was. I mean, Michigan was playing catch-up the entire game. They they got the drop on them right away and and never let up. And I think that that's a testament to the to sticking to a plan that really didn't have any room for error. I think I'd say that. Mel Tucker and, and, and company, their plan was good, but it really didn't have any room for error. They couldn't screw any of that up. Any missed field goals, this thing was going away. They needed every single thing they got. And in terms of total team effort, man, alive. I mean, I don't know what else you could ask for, you know, in terms of pounding in, you know, buy-in with younger guys on the team. I mean, if you're a younger guy who didn't play as much as you would have liked on Saturday and you're watching that, well, you know damn well now what you have to do to get on the field. So many things that we've talked about all year, Colton, you and I on this show all the time. Just like if they could just get this, this, and this, maybe they could give themselves a chance to get some some positive vibes going, and this was like the biggest cure-all. If they could find a way to somehow do this, it would help them with recruiting. It would help them with their own roster. Mel said it today about 
you know, you got to recruit your own players too every day. And I just, you can see it, right? You mm-hmm. can see the fact that they have a blueprint now. Just do what we're telling you to do. And this is going to be a lot better than you think it's going to go. Yeah, I, th- they're they're really bought in. That's kind of my takeaway yeah. from all this. Um, you know, I know when a, new ki- when a new coach comes into a program, there's always going to be some guys that are kind of holding back a little bit. But players, even Connor Hayward was talking about this yesterday. And he was like, as far as I'm concerned, everyone's on board. Um, and that's yeah. what you need to get to where you want to be. Um, that can help you transition faster it can get your program back into a position to compete faster all that stuff matters in year one um just mm-hmm. setting the tone right away you know Mel Tucker was talking about culture today and he's like it's not just signage or or you know whatever yeah. you put on your wall it's it's how you approach what we're doing every single day are you bought in every single day are you doing what you need to be doing every single day and it seems like right now at least um that's kind of what this team is all about offensively <laughs> People told us for many months they didn't want to see Rocky Lombardi play quarterback. I think they're fine with it now. I don't know if he's going to be able to hit seven bombs every week like that. (laughs) But you know what? They asked him to do it in this game. It was a huge part of their plan. And, I mean, you can go back many years in rivalry games like this and and look hard. And you're not going to find as many answering the bell individual efforts as you did from uh, number 12 on. I mean, he was outstanding. He made every single throw he had to make, including a couple that should have been completed that weren't. Yeah. I mean, just his confidence, Colton, we've seen it for, for several weeks now. Sometimes it looked like it was, you know, sometimes it sounded like a guy who was a little delusional at times. Like he'd say things and you're like, what are you talking about? But then, you know, it's never wavered. So you you wonder, right? And he's just... A confident kid plays with no fear, and I think that that's my biggest takeaway with him. I don't think he's a perfect quarterback by any stretch. There are flaws in there. He probably would admit that to you. But when it comes to comes to just not caring or not being afraid of any moment, like that's impressive. And I think that, that that's another thing where you can use that now to sort of build around yourself offensively, maybe get an identity going. I think what we're finding out about Rock Lombardi is that he is probably the perfect quarterback for Mel Tucker in year one. I'm just kind of based on who he is as a person. He's a great leader. He's mm-hmm. a guy that's going to take what the coaches say and pass that down to the players. So the, the, the message doesn't get watered down at any point. He's the one kind of putting that on the guys, getting them to come along and buying into the system and everything. He, he's yeah. always had that. He's never been a player that's selfish or about himself. He's always been for the team. But now that he's in a position to to kind of have his words heard by the by his teammates, I think that's helping him even more. It's helping the team even more. And the fact that he's playing the way that he's playing is also helping as well. Um, and maybe we shouldn't be surprised. I mean, I, yeah, I, maybe not. I wrote a story on, on Rocky in the preseason. I talked to his quarterback coach. I talked to some other people around him um, who've kind of watched him over the years. And they're like, this kid's work ethic is insane. Um, that 2018 season that we saw from him was not yeah. what you'll see this year. He's put in so much work behind the scenes, throwing mechanics, footwork, timing, accuracy, all that, th- all that stuff has been better this year. Um, touch on his deep ball. We saw that in week one, in week two. Um, not so much in week one, but they really came out with the game plan saying we're going to attack these corners on the outside. We've got some speed, speedy receivers that can get to that level and just you know leave those guys in the dust. <laughs> yeah. A lot of times that's what that's what happened. You know, Ricky White had a breakout game. Um, Jalen Naylor had a had a deep bomb, and it, and honestly, like R- Jaden Reed wasn't even involved much in the game plan. And no, like you. The fact that they didn't need him to be the guy that had 11 catches and 128 yards in week one, that kind of shows you the versatility of this receiving core right now. They've got some weapons back there that they might not have had in the past. They've got a quarterback who's playing confident that can hit those deep balls, and that's exactly what you want to see. If, if you're a Michigan State fan that came this season worried about Rocky, at least through two weeks, those concerns are gone. Yeah, I mean, 
even on some of the stuff we saw in week one with the turnovers, mm-hmm. with the fumbles, some of those balls were exactly where they needed to be or, you know, close enough. And I think that you can really build upon that if you're you're Jay Johnson. You're doing a nice job of, you know, finding a guy who can also be a CEO, get you into the right stuff at the line of scrimmage. I think that's something that, you know, they're working with him on and you can see that that's happened. I think he talked a little bit about that yesterday, right? You know, making sure that the protections were right, making sure that, you know, if they have a pass call on and it looks like it's a better run situation, maybe flip that and get a run in there instead. Uh, he can do all those things. He sees the game. His dad's a coach, right? So, yeah. I mean, like he's got that He's got that part of his – but, you know, the thing that I go back to is the fearlessness. I mean, <laughs> when you ask a kid to take a three-step drop in the end zone and heave one down the sideline like he did in that one drive where he's standing in the end zone and they're coming at him – it's that's what you, you can't ask for anything more. That's a courage play. That's a courage throw, and that's the type of stuff that you put film on for everybody else in the room, all 120 guys, and say, "This is our leader. Look what he's doing for you. You owe it to him to do the same thing." They have something like that on both sides of the ball because they have Simmons and they have Lombardi on their side. Mm-hmm. You're not going to find two guys on any program anywhere that are, that flinch less and are less confident. They are confident in themselves and how they can go through these things. They find ways to make it work. And, you know, Mel Tucker didn't have a lot to work with coming in and still doesn't. But I, there, there were some guys in that locker room, I think, that, you know, he he would take 11 Antoine Simmonses. And he'd probably take 11, you know, Rockies, too, in terms of, you know, their approach and work ethic. Those two guys specifically that you mentioned, I mean, again, I, I think they're perfect players for a coach in year one trying to go through this transition. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, they took it upon themselves to, to bring the freshman along. They had a meeting with them last week and said... Hey, like this game's important. It, it's Michigan week, but also we got off to a bad start and we can't let that continue. We gotta we gotta write the ship right now. That's it starts in practice, it starts with our preparation this week. It's gonna go into the game, we're gonna win this. Like that's what they were saying to each other in the locker room. And going back to Rocky just for a second, um, another reason why I think he's a good fit with Mel Tucker is because you know they they kind of think the same way. Rocky, if he throws a bad pass, yeah. He's not going to be clapping his hands or doing whatever. Like body language is not going to be bad. He's going to come right. He's going to bounce right back and try to throw a bomb on you. That's that's his personality. And when you think about Mel Tucker and neutral thinking, Rocky is that in the quarterback form. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's again, he's not he's not going to be, you know, Trevor Lawrence out there. Right. Yeah. I think people need to understand that. But if he's playing with the confidence that he's currently playing with, um, if the defense is still given the performance that they kind of gave, you know, Michigan had. 452 yards on 81 mm-hmm. plays like you'll take mm-hmm. that um mm-hmm. so i i think when you're looking at this michigan state team and you're seeing the pieces that are there and how things are starting to form and how they're coming along if they can continue this they're probably going to surprise some people and us included honestly so yeah i think you know and also i want to talk about this before we get out of here the uh the recruiting aspect of this because this was a coaching staff that i thought we both thought had a chance, if they could get some talent in here, had a chance to build something that was going to be pretty solid because it's a good staff. I mean, there's guys on the staff that have had success in other places. I mean, you know, Mel talked a little bit about Chris Kapilovich today. Uh, and, you know, you go back and look through his offensive line work at other stops, everywhere he's been, and even those small schools. I mean, they were able to turn, take bad offensive lines and turn them into good ones. Jay Johnson's done that. Scotty Hazleton's had good success. They hired, I mean, that we talked about that back in February. The, the staff money pool went up, and they took advantage of it. And it was just just about, could you get a spark? Could you get something that would allow you in a pandemic year to make some hay in recruiting? And this was really the only path, I think, as, as impossible as it may have seemed at times, was if you could do this, if you could put a good showing together in this game, 
you could give yourself a chance to maybe change some minds uh, in recruiting in-state. And, you know, that could happen. Jim Harbaugh doesn't have an ironclad lock on, on football recruiting in the state of Michigan. He does not. You go down to Detroit and ask any coach, who any any player, whatever, hey, is, uh, is this a Michigan or bus situation? And they would laugh in your face. No, <laughs> Michigan does not recruit the state of Michigan as well as, you know, like Ohio State recruits the state of Ohio. That's not what this is. There's always been wiggle room for Michigan State if you can get the right stuff in the right time to go in there and get it done. And Colton, you know, you know recruiting as well as anybody. From what you've seen, am I wrong in this? I mean, like, I feel like there's an opportunity here. It's not a guarantee, but there's an opportunity here now to maybe turn a few things in recruiting and maybe make this even more interesting. Yeah, um... I think you actually might be underselling a little bit. Like, yeah, there you go. go okay. Going into this, what we need. going into this game, I was kind of, I was like, let's let's see what happens, what what comes from it, how much this would impact recruiting. Yeah, I think the takeaway here is that a lot of guys are watching these two squads play. A lot of prospects yeah. in Michigan trying to see, okay, what's going to happen with Harbaugh. You know, obviously his contract situation is kind of being talked about mm-hmm. behind the scenes and things like that. Um, people want to see what Mel Tucker is going to do, how long this is going to take. And after that Rutgers game, you're kind of you have some questions, and you want to see them bounce back. So a lot of people were watching this, and you know, so far that that game went as well as possible as as it possibly could have for Michigan State and for Mel Tucker because yeah. you know they posted a, immediately after the game they posted a photo. Michigan State's Twitter account changed their profile picture to yeah. Mel Tucker on the bus with the Paul Bunyan trophy. Um, recruits were watching that game. There's some buzz about some guys in state like Rayshon Benny, who is mm-hmm. long considered a Michigan lean. If you follow Crystal Balls and Future Cast things like that, a lot of them went over to Michigan State yeah. this week. And he was originally supposed to commit, I believe, October 25th, held it off a little bit. Um, his new date is November 9th that he announced yesterday. So, I mean, I don't think that's a coincidence. <laughs> um, Probably not. No. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. he's a, announced yesterday. Yeah. He's right. a top 200 player, man. Like that. That's that's a guy that can help you win some games in the future. Um, you know, Angel Anthony. There's some there's some buzz about him. I know he's currently yep. commissioned commit to Michigan. Um, we'll see what happens with him and some 2022 guys that were all watching that game. Um, so I think when you're talking about a coach trying to build a program, build a culture, and then show that to recruits, like that game was the perfect situation for yep. Mel Tucker because now he's able to say, well, look, guys, it's this is my second game at Michigan State, and we took down Michigan like pretty. Mm-hmm. Pretty pretty easily. Um, yeah, we don't even have the people that we want yet. So come here. Don't go there. Don't worry about those guys. Come to Michigan State. We'll get you in our system. Um, we see you as a plug and play guy from day one. Look at all the freshmen we, we played in that game. Ricky yeah. White, second career game, first career start, had 196 yards. Jordan Simmons, <laughs> true freshman running back, led the team in in rushing yards. We are going to play the best guys. It doesn't matter if you're a senior or a freshman. So I think that game, in a lot of ways move the needle. And I wasn't sure yeah. that was going to happen going into it, but just looking at the fallout, looking at the the post-game reaction, that game did a lot for Michigan State. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I think so much of it for them right now, this in, in this year, you know, locally anyway, or regionally with recruiting was, 
you know, making sure that kids knew that this was a viable option. I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if it necessarily turns it into like, you have to win the game and then they'll just start flooding in. But beforehand, I think like a guy like Rayshon Benny, I, I don't know this cause I, you know, I'm not in his head, but I mean, I would assume that he's trying to look at all options and say, and says to himself at some point, like, well, I, you know, I, I'd be curious to see what Michigan State has to offer, but if they're going to go out there and lose to Rutgers and look like they're a complete mess, then I can't go there. I can't even, yeah. I can't consider it. But, you know, if they're going to be, if they're going to play together and, you know, look like they're having some fun and, you know, if I get along with the coaching staff and it looks like it's a viable path forward, then all of a sudden I'm going to consider it now. And that's what, you know, that's not everything, but it's something. And they needed that to get started. And I think that that's kind of the, the thing here that it felt like to me was that, they made themselves and were able to present themselves as a real option if you are a good football player in the state of Michigan who's being recruited by both schools. Because at the end of last year, I've got to be honest, if, even if you didn't like Michigan that much, you, you had to go there if you were a good player. Because what were you doing otherwise? You were just gonna, you know, you were gonna be jumping on leap and faith, and you got to have a little bit more than that. And I think that this, at least if nothing else, gives them the opportunity to say before you can even go in home with guys and be like, this is a real, you know, we have something here. We have a plan. You can see it now. And and that's, sometimes that's all it takes to get the ball rolling. You got to finish. There's so much work that comes now uh, to capitalize on it because these moments are fleeting, as we know. I mean, you go, mm-hmm. they go to Iowa next week and look terrible. And then, yeah. you know, a lot of that stuff deadens out. So you got to, you got to do the work the rest of the way. But, you know, it gives them a chance, I think, to make up some of the ground that they lost. Not all of it. They're not going to be able to make it up all of it, but it it definitely gives them a chance, and I think that's worth its weight in gold right now. And I will say, this coaching staff in Michigan State, they've done a really good job kind of getting in on the ground floor with a lot of 2022 prospects. They did, yeah. 23 guys. Um, So I always thought that that's when you'd kind of see them leave their mark, even if they didn't have the success that they had against Michigan this weekend. I still Mm -hmm. think that they, just based on how active they are, how engaged they are, you know, they're texting these guys whenever they can. um, Yeah saying, come, come play for us, like this is what we're going to do. So they, they're pretty active in that. So I'll, just by, by that alone, I kind of thought, okay, yeah, they're going to get some of these guys eventually. But what this win over Michigan does, not only does it open some eyes, I think it kind of accelerates this a little bit. And obviously, like you mentioned, you have to keep it going. You can't yeah. really come out and lay an egg against Iowa because it is, it is going to be a process. It's going to be a game-by-game thing, which I didn't think it was initially, but – if you can win some games that you're not supposed to and in year one, that's going to pay off longer. It's going to give you a jump start. It's going to accelerate all of this. And we talked about this too. And, uh, you know, this is a year where good coaches are going to be rewarded, good teachers, yeah. good, good, good prepared planners. And I just, I go back to February and think to myself, and we think back and say, yeah, okay, that was a nice hire. That was a nice hire. You know, after, after Tucker gets hired, it's like, okay, yeah, that's a nice hire. That's a nice hire. And you look up and you're like, that's a, Solid coaching staff with with a bunch of guys that have had some success in a lot of different places. And it wasn't, you know, necessarily a guy that had had success at like Bama or something, right? But it was a bunch of guys who knew football, first and foremost. They knew how to ID talent and they knew how to teach. And everything else will have to take care of itself when it takes care of itself. But like, that's the stuff right now that you look at it and you say, well, if they were able to get all that turned around in a week and clean up so many things... You know, we haven't talked about the offensive line. I mean, putting Samak in there and letting him do his thing. J.D. Duplain's playing a bunch more now, exactly what you need it to be. Mm-hmm. You know, that front looked like it was the front you need to have out there. I mean, that block Samak had on that screen pass was you was frame good. that thing. Yeah. You frame that thing and put that up and, <laughs> and play it on repeat. That was great stuff. So now all of a sudden you have got you have guys in the right place, maybe. You got guys, you know, you talk about Simmons. 
you know, he's going to play more, I'm sure, as things go forward. Ricky White, he's going to play more, I'm sure. So you got guys in the right spots a little bit more, but also you have a plan and you're teaching and it's going to give you an advantage. I mean, it's going to give you an advantage against teams that aren't prepared. And Michigan's got a good staff too. They just uh, didn't get the damn job done last week and they got they got their butt kicked for it. So this is one for Michigan State, I think, that they can help themselves right now. And Mel talks about this, right? The uh, the now, what is it? Now, next, and future, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I think they can help themselves in all areas at the same time right now because you got a little positive momentum going. There's no more. And I'll also say this. Uh, it was bullshit that people were putting out, you know, uh, what's Mel Tucker's buyout situation last <laughs> week? Or, or is there enough buy-in at Michigan State? It was one game after a couple months. That was ridiculous. And I think if nothing else, you know, good for them to be able to prove that, you know, they were bought in on what was going on here. Just give them a chance to show you something more than one week of game tape. And it just, it feels like a really good opportunity to get yourself right where you want to be in this weird year and sort of navigate it through it the best you can and see what happens at the end. But I mean, you couldn't ask for more uh, from the first two weeks from Mel Tucker there. Yeah. Uh, Let me ask you this. Uh, How much do you think our week one reactions kind of played into this game. I mean, there was no bulletin board material. There wasn't a lot of buzz yeah. going to this one. Um, do you think Michigan was maybe just feeling a little confident and maybe overlooked yeah. Michigan State? Do you think oh, Michigan yeah, State, yeah, obviously, losing to Rutgers, you know, they wanted to obviously come out with the effort that they did. How much of that all played into this game? I think all of it. I think it's all of the above. I think, you know, Michigan looked so prepared and smooth and effortless against a Minnesota team that, you know, wasn't any of those things, obviously. But, I, again, I said this to Austin yesterday, like on our show there, it was, I'm not going to say that what Michigan did against Minnesota is no longer impressive because it was, they were able to get prepared and they were able to get themselves in a situation where they executed pretty flawlessly. And what I think happened there is a lot of those younger guys who are playing for the first time, you know, Milton, uh, Giles Jackson's playing, you know, big time for the first time. Uh, A lot of those receivers, some of those offensive linemen, I think they jumped the gun on, how far along they were in terms of their comfortability with the offense and certainly undervalued anything Michigan State was going to be able to do. And there's just no way anyone could ever argue otherwise. Michigan could say anything it wants, and they're really not even trying to say otherwise at this point. It's, it was so obvious that they overlooked them. They overvalued what they were capable of doing You know, if things got difficult. And then you flip it around and you say, I think the sense of urgency probably cranks up at Michigan State because let's be honest, I mean, I'm sure they were talking about this game all offseason. I'm sure they were talking about preparing for this thing the minute that schedule came out and they saw that it was week two. We talked about this. I mean, I, I would at the time when it came out, we said, like, if you're going to put that game on the schedule somewhere, for me, it was like, put it week one, you know, put yeah. it week one or week two and just see what happens. Like, make your whole plan about that and then just see what happens. And, you know, I think it was a combination of all things. Uh, and sometimes, sometimes that's how football works. Is it, You know, if you have the right plan, and you get everything you need exactly how you need it. You can win games like that. And Michigan State's done that before. That's the recipe to do it. That's how you beat teams with better talent, uh, with more depth, all that stuff. And that's what they did. And, you know, I think that all things all things factored into this one because, you know, you know, Mel Tucker getting the right guys out there too. I think you can't underestimate that. I think you have a better idea of your best 11 now um, and just kind of believing in the process. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a weird thing, college football, how, you know, a quarter can go by. And all of a sudden, everything changes. And you look at the sidelines and you see 100 guys on that side convinced that they're going to get this thing done. And 100 guys on the other side terrified that this thing's going to blow up in their face. And, you know, it's funny. Sometimes that's how the game plays out and that's how it did on Saturday. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing I've learned 
just from this Michigan State team so far is that uh, I know nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, they, right. We don't none of us. They know. they've broken my brain twice now. I've <laughs> mentioned that a few times, but they've literally broken my brain because I thought they were going to beat Rutgers. I thought they were going to lose yep. to Michigan. We'll see what happens against Iowa. But I'll just say I look forward to them breaking my brain again in the future because I <laughs> they will I'm sure they will I promise you that yeah I I don't know how it's going to go going forward I was going to ask you that but that's not even a fair question because it's like you know I think people have asked that too like what do you think now going forward what do you think is a record possibility and I I have no idea because it's it, this is really <laughs> truly going to be a week to week situation for Michigan State it's going to be and and they're going to have to sap it all out they're going to have to prepare like that. Every week yeah. going forward, because there, the fact remains, there still isn't a lot of room for error here. There, there are a lot of younger guys on this team that can play. That people, you know, Ricky White was one that we looked at in recruiting and said, okay, he played in, he played competitive football in Georgia down in what was it, Marietta. I mean, he yeah. played against real players. So you know, he's the type of guy you know that can do something. We saw a couple of those guys that came in in that class, not a lot, but a couple. And there were some younger guys on the team that sort of had that. They're not maybe electric players, but. They've been around competitive situations before. What did, what did Tucker call it? The competitive toughness, the CT factor, you know, CT, whatever. Mm-hmm. That type of thing. I think this team has more of that than we probably thought at the beginning of the year. And, you know, maybe we should have given them more credit on that too because I think there's a lot of guys, uh, especially defensively, that came back that had been around success before. And, and it was easy, it's easier to look at that and say, you know, yeah, they can have a pretty good defense. They can have a defense that keeps them in games. It'll be about whether or not, you know, they do everything right. But, you know, you, you like – their opportunity to maybe stay in games a little more than you did maybe last week. Absolutely. I think that's the takeaway. Um, obviously, they were never really out of the Rutgers game. They still had a chance to come yeah, back. Right. But the seven turnovers really puts you in a bad spot. But, you know, if they're in a, if they're if their defense is operating the way it did against Michigan, where your tackling is, is on point, you're not giving up mm-hmm. yards after the catch, um, you're diagnosing plays and what's happening in the backfield as soon as it happens. Um, yeah. And, and you're playing solid coverage. Like, all, if you can get all that defensively, you're obviously not going to have the bombs that you had against Michigan yeah. secondary every week. But who knows? If the run game comes along, maybe we'll see more Elijah Collins worked in later in the season yeah. if he ever gets going again. Um, if not, you can turn to a guy like Jordan Simmons who's looked good. Um, the offensive line created some holes for him. If you continue to see progress from that unit, um, and then Rocky is still playing with the confidence that he, that he does – Again, I think that this team can be in a lot of games that maybe we didn't think that they would. Um, that's not to say they're going to win. But, again, you're just looking for progress from week one to really the end of the season. That's what you want to yeah. see. Um, and it's, it's happening a little earlier, which is just great for the team and great for Mel Tucker's start here. Yeah, great bounce back, obviously. Big stuff there. Obviously, more to come. Are you going to uh, Iowa this weekend? You're going, right? Yes, I'll be there. So Colton will be in Iowa this weekend for Michigan State, Iowa at noon, 11 Central. Uh, what channel is that game on? Do we know? I have no idea. Find it on your TV. It'll be on one of these channels. Either way, we'll be back to talk about it all next week, I'm sure. Uh, in any event, if you haven't, again, if you haven't voted today, please, for the love of God, please, go vote. Please. <laughs> Colton, you got any other parting parting words before we get out of here? Uh, nope. You've covered it all. Go vote. Sounds good. All right. Well, for Colton, I'm Nick. Be sure to tip those bartenders and servers, and we will talk to you later. I seen hot towns on my day.